you this morning. I think more made it than I thought. We have just so many families that are not feeling very good. And so let's just welcome everybody that's watching online. Can we just welcome them? Woo-hoo! We're so glad you're with us. We miss you. We miss all of you and your families, and I just can't wait for everybody to get back together. Amen. But I'm glad you all made it out today, and I'm excited about my message this morning. God was really speaking to my heart a couple days ago, and so I started putting this together, and my title is called Right Place, Right Time. And I know this almost sounds like a message where if you're at the right place, at the right time, God's going to bless your socks off, favor's going to chase you down. And, and that's a really good message, and maybe one day I'll preach that. But what's in my spirit about the right place, the right time, is as Christ followers in this season, are we spiritually and emotionally at the right place for the right time? Because we are living in a season where the world seems to grow darker and darker by every day. After this incident that happened in our capital, it draws so much darkness over our nation and confusion and fear and where are we at and what is going on and is God is in control. But I'm here to tell you today that God is in control. And God still sits on the throne, and he doesn't want us in this season to be distracted by what we see in the world today. The Bible says simply that the government is on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. How many are so glad about that? What God loves is his church. He loves his bride. And I feel it so strong within my spirit that we are living in a season where we as Christ followers have to be so spiritually discerning and wise for the season so that we are prepared for where God is taking us. Amen. And God will always bring you to a place of preparation before the trial comes. God will always equip you. God will always speak to you. He will give you a word from his throne room that will equip you to go where he wants you to go. Listen, there is nothing that you're facing in your life that God hasn't given you the answer for. There's nothing that you're about to face in your life that God hasn't given you the answer for. And I believe so strong in the spirit that we are living in a season where God is calling his church people to slow down and hear what the spirit is saying in this season. Amen. We need to hear the voice of God like never before because he is preparing the church for the greatest revival we have ever seen in this world. He's preparing his church for the greatest signs, wonders, and miracles that we have ever seen. And I've been speaking this for over the last year, that the greatest time of the church is about to happen. But if we aren't ready to receive what God has from us in this season, we will miss what God is about to do. We'll be so distracted with everything in this world or in our own personal lives that we will miss hearing what God has to say. So we're going to encourage you today, amen. So no matter what turbulence is going on around you, whether it be emotional, financial, spiritual, or what's going on in the world today, we as believers have to put our trust in Jesus Christ. We've got to put our trust in the word of God. And don't look at what we see, but look unto Jesus. God wants us to receive everything that he has here on this earth, but we can't receive it unless we are trusting God. 
And I'm telling you, the devil is hard at work right now. He's hard at work to separate the body of Christ, to get us warring about what we agree with and what we don't agree with and who we stand with and who we don't stand with and all the garbage that's distracting. We are going to come together in the unity that we stand for Jesus. Church, we live by a different policies. We live by the word of God. We cannot let the differences of how we see out there affect who we are in here. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And we may not agree on everything, but we agree on Jesus. We agree on our risen Savior. We agree on the power of the word of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. And we better get our focus back in what God is saying and what God is doing so that we can step into this supernatural move of God. Amen. God is going to turn every situation around for good in your life. But it's important. In order for this shift to happen in the church, I think in the world as Christians and in your own personal life, you've got to be at the right place spiritually. We cannot rely on yesterday's revelation. I can't rely on last year's revelation. I can't rely on last week's time of worship. Right now is a season where we better be pressing into God, pressing into his presence. That's why worship was so awesome. We have such great worship here at this church that we literally could just worship and go home. But we have to get to the word, amen. But it's pressing into hearing God. And so how do we do that? How do we get to that place where I need God to create change in my life? Where you're positioned for this miracle. And it's simple, but yet we have to die to our flesh to attain it. And it's time with God. And it's time in his word. Where we've got to slow down in this season and not being so busy trying to figure everything out. Not being so busy trying to understand or or be confused and toil in our mind. We've got to slow down and we've got to spend time with the Father so that he can speak to you. See, my word from God is going to be great for me. And that maybe I could give you what God's speaking to me, but what's going to sustain you when you're going through it out there is going to be your word from God. What is God saying to you in this season? When the whole world changed in March of 2020, I had to get a word from God for this church because everything began to change. I had to slow down and hear what God was saying. I had to get up every day and pray in the Holy Ghost and walk and seek God and, and talk to other pastors. Because when you begin to see what God sees in crisis, you rise above the situation. And now I'm looking down on that opposition. I'm looking down on what is going on, and I can see what God sees on the other side. See, your faith is on what God is showing on the other side of this situation, not what we're facing today. Because I tell you, the church of Jesus Christ, if you look at it in the natural, it's going through a lot of trials right now. Not just faith builders, every church in the world is having trials because the enemy is trying desperately to keep the church separated. Whether it be sickness, disease, strife, and division, or whatever it is, the enemy is hard at work. So we're going to have to fight just as harder to stay united in the faith together, focusing on what God is saying in this season. Amen? And when you get your word from God, it gives you the hope of God that you need in your situation. And the Bible says your hope is the anchor of your soul. It anchors you. 
in diverse times. It anchors you when you don't understand why you're going through this and why things haven't changed yet. But when you have your word from God, you will not be moved. Amen. You've got to get a fresh word from the Holy Spirit. And when you get your word from God and you hear his directions, because listen, God is always speaking. Not how spiritual you feel. It's not about that. He says, if you're my sheep, you hear my voice. I just watched this little video on, uh, it wasn't Facebook because I'm not on Facebook right now. It was some, one of the little things I saw. And uh, these, this guy owned sheep out on a hill. And he gave uh, these like three or four girls his calling card to the sheep. And so they used the same words, whatever the word was, I don't know. And they were going, oh, whatever they said. And the sheep just were busy eating, busy eating. And then the next lady made the calling card, and the sheep just ignored them. There was like three of them, and there was hundreds of sheep on the hill. But the owner of the sheep, the shepherd, made the call. And the sheep knew that shepherd's voice. It was the same articulation, it was the same words or whatever it was, but it was the sound of the shepherd. And all of those sheep stopped eating and they looked and they just came running down that hill. Some of you, I think, probably saw that. And that's the, how we hear God. It's not about all the spiritual stuff. God is calling us in this season. He's calling you to his side. He's calling to speak to you. He's calling to give you hope and direction and let you know everything. Everything's going to be all right. He's going to let you know, know your children are coming to Jesus. He's going to let you know that the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Amen. He's going to let you know that you're going to be blessed and taken care of and favor is about to come in your life when we slow down and hear the direction from God. And we have to understand the season of preparation before the trial. So let's look at this. Scripture verse this morning in Luke chapter 10. And, you know, if you've been in church any amount of time, you know this story. So I actually had the team, we're going to read it in the message translation today. Because I think it's so helpful to really understand that we need to hear what Jesus is saying and change our course of action right now. It's critical. So let's look at this. As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. Now let's stop right there. What you have to understand about the relationship that Jesus and his team had with Mary and Martha is they were friendly. They know each other. Whenever Jesus would come through the town, he would stop at Mary and Martha's house and he would have dinner with them. But in this story, things are, are changing in this situation. And if you look at uh, Martha welcomed him, I decided to look up that word welcome him, and it means this, to entertain or hospitality. Now, how many of us, and this is great, we invite Jesus into our home. I need Jesus to come and we invite him into our church and we make him feel what? He's quite at home. Jesus, are you comfortable? Jesus, are you taken care of? We, we welcome you into our home. And that's wonderful. We can welcome him in. But Jesus is at a place and he's saying, I don't want to be entertained anymore. I'm not looking to just be welcomed into your home or into your church or into your life anymore. Jesus is looking to talk to you. He's not looking to be cozy and fit in like everybody else. He is speaking a word from heaven. And we have to ask ourselves, are we listening? Are we so busy 
wanting everything normal. I, for me and my flesh, I want everything to go back to normal. God, please just push a button and let everything go back to normal. But God is allowing this upset to challenge us to get our focus on him, to have a repentant heart, to be drawn to the Father once again. When the world gets darker, the church better get brighter. And if we're not, we might as well lock the doors and go home because we are ineffective to the community and to the world if we are not being a brighter light than this dark world. Amen. And I refuse to pastor a church that's just going to be a cute little button-nosed church. And that feels good to the flesh. And I want to make Jesus cozy. Everything's picture perfect. But Jesus isn't saying that right now. He's saying something different in this season. And Martha, a woman by the name of Martha, welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She, has, she had a sister, Mary, who also sat before the master. No, excuse me. Who sat before the master hanging on every word he said. Now look at the difference. Jesus had showed up all the time, but something inside of Mary's heart said, I know what we normally do when Jesus comes to the house, but I got to sit at his feet. I got to hear what he has to say. And Mary had to get to the place that she didn't care what anybody else thought in that house, including her sister, of what things the way they should be. She said, I'm willing to change what I normally do because there's something inside of me that says I have to hear what Jesus is about to say. And I don't know what's coming in my future. I don't know what obstacle or, or thing that's going to try to steal my joy. But I better hear what God has to say right now so that I can use whatever he's saying now to whatever is about to come in my life. Because if I'm not prepared with the voice of God now, when disaster hits, I will not have the answer then either. And God is calling us, not my voice. He wants you to hear the voice of God. So she had a sister Mary who sat at the master's feet, hanging on every word. We have to have that desire so strong. God, what are you saying over my life? Not the church. Not everybody else. What are you saying over me, God? Where am I at? Where is my future? Where is my hope? Where is my promise from you, God? Because I need that desperately in my life. But if you go on and read the scripture, it says, But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Now that word pulled away means this. It means to be driven, listen, to be driven about mentally, overoccupied and too busy, emotionally. See, Martha was all consumed with how we should be doing it and the way it should be done. We have these things in our mind, how the world should be running, what the church should look like, what's going on, how my children, my spouse, my marriage. And we're overwhelmed mentally that we cannot hear God calling us to sit by him. And this is where Martha was. She was pulled away. She was too busy about the things that were overwhelming her to simply sit down and sit in the kitchen. Now, if you go on to say, or sit at Jesus' feet, it goes on. Later, she stepped in and interrupted them. Now, imagine if you're the only one doing the work. You seem like you're the only one showing up in life. And Martha's now in the kitchen going, who does Mary think she is? 
I mean, her butt should be in here helping me make this food, helping me prepare. She knows what we do. How dare her go and just sit at the feet of Jesus when I'm doing everything myself? How many of us have been there before? Well, who do they think they are? Why are they should be doing that? And they should be doing this. And they should be saying that. And here I am. I'm doing what God called me to do. I'm doing the normal stuff. And, I, and you're busy and you're busy. And we get murmuring. And we get complaining. And we get frustrated. And she goes right into the presence of Jesus. Unaware of the moment, she was so familiar with making him comfortable that she did not recognize him as the future Savior. Listen, the word is working all around you. And you can see it and bow down to the word and receive it. Or you can get busy being overwhelmed with everything going on in your world and in your life emotionally and miss the breakthrough moment. And I refuse to get pulled by the emotions of the world and situations and circumstances and people and miss my moment to just sit at Jesus' feet. We should actually rejoice in this season because you don't have to fight in this season. Just sit at Jesus' feet. Just spend time in his word. Just worship him a little bit, amen. And once you start doing that and the flesh will fight and it doesn't want to take the time. But the moment that you surrender, all of a sudden you just want to draw from his presence. You know, we're in our fasting and prayer and, and we got a couple more weeks left. Or I think we're on day 11 or something and 10 more days left. Let's utilize this time and say, I'm not going to be Martha. I'm not going to be overwhelmed. I'm not going to try to get the work done by myself. I'm going to hear what Jesus has to say. Get your notebook out. Get your pen out. Ask the Lord for dreams. Ask the Lord for visions. Ask the Lord for his presence in your life. And most of all, ask him, say, God, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. That's my prayer. Every morning I get up, if I don't hear God, I couldn't live about my day. I can't make decisions for my church, our church. I can't make decisions for my own personal life if I'm not hearing what the Lord has to say. And in March, almost a year ago, God told me this church is going to be a lighthouse on a hill. God told me that the lost are going to come in and get born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. God told me there's going to be signs, wonders, and miracles. I know what God said. He told me in my private time. I got my word. I sat at his feet. So guess what? Nothing else matters to me. Why? Because I'm above my situation. I'm above what we see, and I see what Jesus sees. I see God breaking down the walls. I see Jesus touching this city. I see the miraculous of God. And when you get that word from God, and you know what God says, and you, get, you can get a little pulled, and you get a little turned, you know, emotions happen. But at the end of the day, I know what God said. And I know his voice, amen. So I'm not going to be pulled away like Martha. She, then it goes on to say, later she stepped in, interrupting the master. Don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to give me a hand. How many ever said that prayer to God before? God, you better go deal with them. You better convict them right now. Only you can trouble their heart. God, you better. Get, and we're so busy. Pointing to, uh, to God, everything else, instead of pointing to our own hearts that we need to fix. Getting our own hearts back on fire. Come on, somebody. Getting our own hearts to hear the voice of God. We've got to quit worrying about everybody else and where they should be and get our focus back on ourselves and back on Jesus. 
And here she is telling the word what the word should do for her instead of sitting under the word and let the word move for her. I'm not going to tell Jesus what to do. I'm going to submit to his word that he spoke over my life and let that word work in my life. Because that's the revelation, amen. Tell her to give me a hand. I love Jesus. The master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. And that word worked up means trouble-minded. Okay, so I'm just putting myself in like a real Martha situation. Have you ever gotten in a big old fight with someone you love or whatever and, and somebody tells you or with anyone and somebody tells you, you just need to chill out. It's no big deal. And you're like, I mean, like, all of a sudden I'm at 10. I'm like, don't tell me it's no big deal. I'm really ticked off about this. And I'm even more mad that you said that to me, right? It isn't nothing. I don't know, and I can have a whole list why I'm mad. And Jesus is saying, no, it's nothing because I've already got it figured out. You're troubled, you're worried, you're overwhelmed. It's nothing to me. I already paid the price for it. I actually already made a way where there seems to be no way, but you're so busy murmuring and complaining in the kitchen that you can't hear my voice leading and guiding you in your life. And all the Marthas just kind of shrink down. Now, we've all been Marthas. We've all been Marthas. We've all been frustrated. And Jesus is saying, now's not the time to be Martha. It's time to sit at his feet. Amen? He says, you're fussing far too much and you're getting trouble-minded again. One thing, one thing only is essential. And Mary has chosen it. And it's the main course. I almost felt like Jesus should have said it's the dessert, right? But it's the main course, and it won't be taken from her. Whatever word you get from God, whatever word or revelation, it can never be taken from you. Not a person can take it from you. Not a situation. Not if everything goes black and looks opposite to contrary to what God says. It can never be taken from me. But see, if you take my revelation, that can be taken from you. The moment you get out the door and get a funky phone call. Just like that, your joy is stolen. Just like that, you're like, forget it, I'm never going to trust God. Because it's not your revelation. Can't live on somebody else's revelation. I would never have survived the season of pastoring in only the last four years, let's say, if I had relied on somebody else's revelation. Had to come from the throne room, amen? Throne room. All right, let's keep going. It's the main course and nothing can be taken from her. In this season, we need to be more like Mary and hang on every word from God. Hang on. Participate in this fast, even if it's 10 minutes in the morning when you get up. Or maybe you're driving in your car and you've got a little ride or whatever it is. Worship God. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Put on a teaching CD. I don't know what you have to do to redo, undo the turmoil that's in our minds, but do something to receive the peace of God. Amen? Listen, I have learned in my walk with God, and I've been serving the Lord a long time, and there are seasons of maybe, you know, you go a week or whatever and you're not really in your Bible and you really haven't been in prayer. And, you know, life just takes you by. And then all of a sudden you realize you're kind of like in a bad mood. And like everything ticks you off. 
and you're like short fuse. Is it just me or am I the only unspiritual one in here? And I'm kind of short with people and I'm negative and I'm complaining and I realize, oh, my word level is like nothing right now. My time with God or really being conscious of God in my life and his presence is really not active. I better go back to the word. I better go back to praying in the Holy Spirit, activate faith in my life so that the promises of God can come up in my life. Amen. So we've got to go back. How do we do that? That the word is working in my life. But we can, be, we can become completely distracted if we allow ourselves to be pulled away by the cares of the world. You can be, I'm off social media mostly. I post a couple things for church or I want to respond to church stuff. And, you know, I opened up Instagram uh, to do a church thing. And there was a post and it just ticked me off. <laughs> I had so much peace. I was so peaceful and content. And one rotten post ruined my, like that moment. And I thought, boy, isn't that just like the enemy? He knows exactly what to put there to try to steal your joy in your life. Amen. But we can't be distracted by those kind of things. You've got to recognize where the enemy's coming in your life and don't let the cares of the world pull you away. Martha complained because she was upset with what was going on. In this season, we have to guard from complaining. You've got to guard from being negative and complaining because everything that comes out of your mouth becomes life in the spirit. I mean, really it goes to our thoughts, but we'll just talk about our words today. That whatever, it's like I preached last Sunday, what you sow to the flesh, you of the flesh reap corruption. If you're sowing negativity, if you're sowing complaining, that is what's going to produce in your life. We cannot be like Martha. Sometimes we just have to lock it up, throw away the key, and just sit with Jesus. I'm not going to make one more phone call. I'm going to sit with Jesus. I'm not going to pray about it one more day. I'm going to sit with Jesus. Because I need to hear what the Savior has to say about my situation. Amen. We've got to watch complaining. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this. Says, to everything. Everybody say thing. To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. You have to understand the seasons of the kingdom. There are seasons where we can run and play and have a blast and we do activities and we have conferences and it's, yeah, it's awesome. And that's a great season and you embrace it and you love it. But God changes the season. And he has changed this season of the world to draw the church to him. The season is to hear his voice. Experience his presence. Like, like the Lord said earlier, he is a jealous God. There's so many things that have taken our attention and our worship from God. And God is longing for our worship. Those who worship him in spirit and in truth. He's bringing worship, true worship back. But not just here, in our homes. In our cars. Put a little worship CD with your children and let them jump around and worship Jesus and shout praises. And bring Jesus home. Amen? Bring him home to our every day, not just on Sunday. So recognize the season. In my walk with God all these years, there's been seasons I've ran and played, and then there's seasons I fasted and prayed. That was actually kind of good. I ran and played, and I fasted and prayed. There you go. That's the, that's the balancing God we serve. He doesn't want you to not have fun and play, but you have to understand the season where he's calling you to hear his voice also, right? So there's a season. 
So in order for the miracles and the breakthrough, listen, if you want this miracle, I know that you do, you have to be exactly where God wants you to be, spiritually and emotionally, at the right place, at the right time. And that's where your crossroad is today. Are you spiritually where God wants you to be for the future? Now, if we go back and we look at Martha and Mary, and we know Martha was the troubled one and struggled with her emotions, Mary obviously learned to sit at his feet. If you fast forward to the book of John, and we know the story, but Lazarus, their brother, died. And Jesus took his sweet time to show up. He knew about it. He actually slowed his pace to not even get there. We don't understand why Jesus does what he does, but he does. And when he finally showed up after Lazarus had been dead for three days, everybody's all worked up. Martha was the one that was still anxious. She was still frustrated. She was still mad at her Jesus because she didn't learn to sit at his feet and hear what Mary heard. And when Jesus showed up, Mary's like, Jesus, you're finally here. Let me show you where he's laid. Mary bought, brought Jesus to the place where a miracle was needed. And Martha complained to the one that showed up to give her a miracle. If you would have been here, Jesus, he'd have never died. Why? Because Martha didn't sit to hear what Mary heard. See, you have to hear God, in this season, because there is a Lazarus moment in your life that you are going to have the miracle worker show up, and it's your moment of faith. Did you hear from God? Did you get your revelation so that you can go, come on, Jesus, raise it from the dead. Get my marriage back. Get my finances back. Get my church back. Get my children back. Raise it up. Lazarus, come forth. Amen? We have a resurrected moment coming, but we better hear what God has to say today. Stop complaining. Stop comparing. Stop saying this should be and that should be. You don't know what should be. All I know is what Jesus said. And I'm responsible for that word. And Mary and Martha, who knows how long they got along. They might have fought for a little while. She's probably still mad at her when Jesus showed up. We don't know what happened. But Mary had to fight for that word, and it showed true when Jesus showed up. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, how do we do that? How do we stay in this moment of hearing God and, and hearing like Mary did? And in Proverbs 3, verse 6, it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings, but in all my ways. I'm going to acknowledge him. And he will direct my paths. What does that mean? He's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And it's dark and I don't know where the ledge is and I don't know what's going on out here. But man, God is, God is leading me into all truth. God has given me favor. God is promoting me. God is saving my marriage. God is saving my children. Why? Because he's a lamp. I've chosen to look unto Jesus in my path then look at the troublesome of the world that has no answer anyway. But Jesus is the answer. There's an old song like that. Jesus is the answer. Da, 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 da. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, never mind. Yeah, you're singing it? <laughs> anyway, Jesus is the answer, amen. He's a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. And let me close 
with, well, not close with this scripture verse, but let me read the scripture verse. Oh, Pastor Junji, were you having my phone? I screenshot this scripture verse, and I want to read it to you because um, I love this translation. Thank you. Forgot to bring it up with me. But it says this, and now remember, this is the Bible, not PB. So don't get mad at me. 1 Thessalonians 4 says this, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands just as I told you. <laughs> the Bible says that. See, there's times we've got to learn just to stop talking and mind our own business. Quit worrying about how everything else should be done in the world or the church or whatever. It don't matter. We're going to mind our own business in this season. Right? And we're going to sit quietly before the Lord. Why? So that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. The world is looking to the church. The world is looking at Christ's followers. What kind of example are we to them if we're behaving just like fearful people out there? No. I'm going to sit quietly. I got a lot of opinions about stuff. My opinion don't matter. And when my opinion does, my heart is affected by it. So I have no opinion but the word of God. Amen. And I can sit quietly and then others will look on and say, man, she was stable through that. Man, she still had God's love and showed up at church or he did. Showed up faithful to serve and worship. Showed up faithful to usher and do whatever. Man, what did God, what are, what's going on in their life? Because you were silent and you listened to God. And then God gets the glory. Amen. And so why do we do that? Let me close with this scripture verse. I love you all so much. It's so good to see you. Mark 4.19. Why do we do this? Because the cares of the world. I think we might have that. The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter, entering in choke the word. The enemy will try to choke the word. And what happens? That seed or that fruit in you that was supposed to be a harvest becomes unfruitful. If the enemy can use the things of this world and your circumstances in your emotions like Martha, it will choke the promises of God. If you could see what God sees, boy, you would hang on right now. If you could see what the word of God's about to do, you would just hang on. And you would enter into joy and you would worship God and you would spend time in his word knowing that everything is about to change. Amen. Everything. Close your eyes this morning. Father, I ask you today that as a church, you give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Lord, places that we've been Martha and we've been aggravated and frustrated and worried and we just give that to you now. We repent of it, Holy Spirit. And we give it to your feet. We give people, places, things, whatever it is, God. Politics, whatever it is, Lord, that's just trying to choke us out. We're going to step into the anointed one and his anointing today. We're going to step into you, Jesus. We thank you, God, that we're going to hear you, Lord, even over the next 10 days as we have a dedicated fast. Lord, we just submit to this fast and we ask, Lord, that you speak to us, give us dreams, give us visions, let us hear your voice, let us write, let us journal, let us, let us worship. God, we're going to crucify our flesh the next few days.
and we're going to submit to your presence to have your way. We give you glory. Maybe you need to make things right with the Lord right now. Maybe you need to repent of being anxious and overwhelmed and stealing God's worship because of other things. We just ask the Lord to forgive us right now, God. Forgive us, Jesus, for the many things that distract us. We receive your forgiveness. We receive your hope today. It's just your heart between the Lord. It's not even fancy words. We do that in church, but God knows your heart. Are you right with the Lord? Just quietly say, Lord, I want to make things right. I want to hear you in this season. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. We thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives, through this church, through this city, and through this nation, God. You deserve our praise. In Jesus' precious name, everyone said amen and amen. I love you all so much. I'm going to ask Elder Mike if he would come up and close our service this morning. I love you all so much. We'll see you Thursday if you get to make it for prayer.